What's up, millionaires, especially for all of you out there that have been exploring the endless opportunities of starting your own podcast. I think it's only right I tell you about Anchor because I use Anchor to host my own podcast, The Million Dollar Mind, and not just because it's free like all hosting platforms should be, but Anchor offers unlimited space for content, free distribution on major platforms like your Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., free mobile and desktop recording tools. And the best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. To learn more about Anchor, be sure to visit anchor.fm or follow the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Yo, 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 what's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 122 on stocks and risk management. We got Wavy West in the building. Some of you may be familiar with who Wes is. Some of you may not be. But he is a financial guru, man. He is a financial guru and stock expert, you know, uh, and, and we, you're going to be hearing more from Wes. But before we get into that, you know, as I mentioned, this is today's uh, the first live interview of the Million Dollar Mind podcast, a monumentous uh, day indeed, because we usually just do these things private, you know, these interviews and you got to catch it, you know, when it comes out on all streaming platforms. You will be able to catch this, however, um, you know, Friday uh, as early as 5 a.m., but now that you are here live, you'll actually be able to, you know, be at be a part of that one on one or that Q&A, that live Q&A session. So have your questions ready at the end. And with that being said, welcome back. This is the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the number one passion and attraction podcast in the world. Of course, thanks to each and every single one of you all for tuning in each and every week. This is the only place for tips and tricks on identifying your passions and attracting opportunities to make a living while living your dreams. You already heard and you already are hip to the fact that we have Wavy West in the building. And before we get into that, I do want to make it clear that this was a live episode. And I was super thankful to have all the millionaires tuned in with us live for the live Q&A. We will definitely be having more of that. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the MDM underscore pod so that you can be updated on when the next live event will be because those Q&As are really you know, really beneficial. You know, you guys are going to hear the whole episode, but imagine being there to really ask the question that was on your mind and getting that live feedback. But let's bring back the episode right away so that you can tune in on stocks and risk management. Wes, like I said, is a financial guru, full-time investor, full-time trader, fired his boss under 30. So this is definitely somebody that you want to you know, hear about, you know, the ins and outs of stocks and just overall risk management, because with things like investing all together, we invest to get a return, but we also invest with the, with the knowledge that there is some type of risk going on with this investment. So Wes is going to be able to help us understand all of those things. So first, Wes, as I mentioned, again, appreciate you. Tell us a little bit about your experiences um, and how it's molded you piece by piece into becoming the Western hip that's sitting with us today. Well, again, thank you for having me. So to start off, I'm from originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, you know, Brooklyn is a lot of fast paced environment, a lot of movements going on. Um, I got used to the fast paced life. Um, I knew that I wanted to do business. So I went to high school. I went to Norman Thomas Business and Commercial Arts High School. Um, there I learned at the school, you could actually pick a major. So 
practically for you to go to college with. So I picked accounting. I said, uh, it's accounting for me though. <laughs> the account was crazy. So then I told my pops that I want to get into finance. I didn't know what kind. He's like, okay, I'll teach you about the stock market. So he was teaching me. So I had a few shares, but this was back in the days. This wasn't you no know, Robin Hood or on your phone. There was no app for it. So it was by paper. You go to the broker, pay your $10 per trade, plus your $1.75 commission fee. So then you had to actually pay to actually purchase stocks. So it was a little different back then. Um, I matriculated to college, got two bachelors, one in finance, one in economics. I was going to do accounting. I said, no, I'm not doing that. Ironically, I went and got my MBA in accounting, master's in accounting. Um, that led me to working. I worked at Discover Financial Services. I was accounting there, made really good money. But then I realized I wasn't free with my degrees. The information and the knowledge would make me free. So as you said earlier, I fired my boss. It's a little different though. Technically, they fired me. So to be honest with you, how I started was I was there for five years since undergraduate throughout my MBA. Um, my last year, my, ten, my last tenure there, before we even got there, I contracted COVID. I was in the hospital. I was bad. I was, I was messed up. And then I told them, like, hey, I didn't get my check. It took them a long time to pay my check. I'm in, the, I'm, in, I'm in the hospital sick. Luckily, I had some investments, so I had my money saved up, so I wasn't really worried about bills or nothing like that. Um, that's when it gave me a shift of mindset, like, this ain't for me. I can't be doing this. They don't make, I'm in the hospital with COVID. They don't really care. They don't even want to pay me. Much yet care. So I said, no, it's time for me to make a, a transition. Um, I stopped working as hard as I used to work. I was getting accolades and stuff at work. And then I stopped really caring about that because in order to move up in my job, you, the manager had to get fired. The manager had been there for 26, 27 years. He wasn't get, planning on getting fired. So I'm like, okay, there's no mobility and there's no flexibility at this corporation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look for other jobs. Then I thought about it. Let me do what I do best. So I, I started working with stocks more. So I get more heavily involved, and then I, st- I started slacking off at work. So my man just kept having meetings with me. Hey, man, you know, you've been slacking off. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, you got to get together. I'm like, okay. I wasn't planning on getting together. I kept working on my stocks. The more I slacked off at work, the better I got in my stocks. And then I started doing options. I'm like, okay. I started making some money there. A little hair and nail. I was happy with it. Then I started seeing, like, you know, this is really profitable. And then he had to talk with me, like, hey, you, you ain't been. I'm like, yeah, this, this ain't for me. He's like, well, in order, in order, rather you get fired, I mean, rather you quit, just get fired so you get unemployment. I said, I bet. So basically, he's like, basically, just do what you've been doing because you ain't really been doing nothing. So I'm like, all right. So they, they told me to hit me, hey, we got to let you go. I said, cool. Five unemployment, never got it. But that didn't phase me because I had my investments. But that also made me realize you can't, I couldn't depend on my job because they didn't want to pay me. I couldn't depend on the government. They didn't want to pay me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to depend on myself. I took it full time and I. That's what I do now as a living. And I'm fully employed by myself. I am my own boss. Um, and that's how I've been rocking. Man, shout out to you. And uh, of course, it's like, we, I had this conversation with my homie Ryan and it's like, you got to treat your, you know, you got to treat your work mm-hmm. as like the, the practice course or the practice field, whatever it may be for your life's work. And you utilize this, the space and the time that you have to be focused and geared in and locked down to you know, you know, numbers or whatever the case may be. And you utilize that space to learn a new skill. And, you know, it's easy if you're not liking your job to complain about not liking your job, sit there and just twiddle your thumbs, be on Instagram, be on social media in general, but not really focus on learning a new skill. So at least you got that backup plan and you have this skill under your belt. So when you need to make a decision like you made, you're good money. And also I commend you for, you know, once you made the decision to be, you know, become your, you know, your own boss full time, actually still, cause you said you were still, you know, pretty much working a nine to five. So you treated it still 
like a job until you are you until you feel comfortable pretty much to retire from that whenever that time comes so tell us about that mindset you know of you know did you have any nerves of you know making the full-time transition what was the mindset like uh, of you know leaving and then now no longer having a job and nobody telling you what to do but still having to make the decision yourself to do what you need to do so you know we get the the stereotypical idea of um go to college get a non-fine job work you'll be successful that may be true in some cases but yes you'll be successful but I, i may not be at my full potential success doesn't always equal your potential right so i said okay yeah i'm successful i'm doing well i got money i can do what i want to do take care of my parents and stuff but i'm not living my best fullest potential so of course nobody wants to get fired from their job i received one when he told me that i said oh it's not like i, I knew it was coming i just didn't know when so i was like okay the first day i took to myself honestly to be, tell you the truth i had a glass of henny took a shot sat down thought about what i'm gonna do i said all right well most likely i'm gonna do what i do best so everybody, my call my mother, she was like, well, it's nothing for you. You got a master's. You can apply to other jobs and stuff like that. And I told certain people around me that I want to work for myself. Some people was like, mm, what are you talking about, Wes? Like, you got you went to school to get, you just got your master's last year. What are you Do what about? everyone else says, right? <laughs> and then I had some close people to me that was like, no, do what you want to do. Do what you need to do. And I call, I remember, I never forgot, I called my father. And me and my, my father's like my best friend. I spoke to him. He said, yeah, man, you can get another job and do the same thing you've been doing, but we could take a leap and see what you want and see what takes you. I said, oh, that was it. That was it right there. That was the calling right there. So I decided to do that, work for myself. And now I've been matriculating and making sure my business has more access to it now. So I've been adding on to it. But honestly, as you said, the mindset, it was the fact that I know that I can get fired again. I know that if I decide, or I, even if I don't get fired again, I can work a great company, but never really see how I feel to wake up when I want to wake, when I want to wake up. Some days I don't work. So when I go on vacation, I try to take a trip at least once a month. And when I want to go on vacation, I don't have to go to work. Like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to tell no one, hey, yeah, I'm not coming in today. Oh, I might not come tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. I still like jobs. It's nothing, it's nothing wrong with having a job. But make sure that your job is setting you up. And you're not just working for your job. Your job is working for you as well. When I was working, I was taking my paychecks and I was using that to put on the stock market. Because I knew that this was ultimately my goal. So I always tell people, you can't work eight to nine hours a day for a corporation and not work for yourself. You can't become home and say, I'm tired from work and you don't want to work on yourself because you ultimately you would like to work for yourself. So you need to make sure you prepare yourself in the future. So I used to go, I used to get up, work at 6.45 in the morning, get off at 3.15. At 3.15, I used to go study. And if I wasn't doing overtime, because I used to do overtime to get more money so I could put more money in stock market. And then after that, 3.15, I study for like an hour. Then I smoke some hookah, chill, do what I do. And then ultimately at night, I'll go look up stocks and things like that. And every night, this was every night. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do it some night. It was every night. Fridays before I go out to a party, I'm looking at my stocks and stuff because I have to make sure this is what I'm going to do. So it ultimately wasn't that hard for me like, at the end. But starting off, first two weeks, you ain't got no job. You don't know when you're going to get your next dollar. You're like, hold on, Sunday, right? But that's the, that's a good thing about having assets put in place. Also, I had properties, so I run it out and tenants pay. So therefore, I had some money coming in from there as well. But I know ultimately stocks was my main goal. Nice, nice. And, and we definitely going to talk about the um the other types of investments that you get into as well, like the real estate uh, and the rentals and things like that. Um, But I got a couple questions, right, because um we put in there and I sh- shout out to everybody who's asked questions and put questions in their um their their reservations so that I had at least something that I could ask. Of, and of course, if you have questions, drop it in the, um, the chat as well so I can see those for the end of the call. But um, one of the questions that I saw a lot was 
it seems like a lot of people have questions just understanding, right, what risk management is. So as an investor, right, just kind of give us the ins and outs and the basics of, you know, understanding what risk management is and when do you know when to get in and out of certain trades or certain investments. Okay, so risk management can be taken over all over type, all different investments, right? It's not just with stocks, not just with credits, any type of thing you can think of, there's risk management to it. So risk management says basically, how much risk am I doing? Will I be able to take the risk if something happens? Will I be able to recover from it? And what is the, the last question is ultimately, what is the upside? So with that, let's go through each one, right? So what is the risk? So if I'm if we're doing stocks, right, and I'm going to make an option play for $100, right? I'm going to buy one contract worth $100. So if I buy this one contract worth $100, the most I could lose is $100. But what is the maximum potential I could gain? Well, if I'm doing a call, that means that I believe the stock is going to go up. So if the stock is going to go up, there's, no, there's an infinite price of how much it can go up by. So my gains is infinite. So most people may say, okay, well, $100 versus infinite. That's a good risk. But not necessarily, because if you're buying a stock at its high, all stocks have pivotal points where they just stop. And then they come back up, and then they order to trickle down and go back up. So that's why you want to buy low. When you buy low, you lower your risk. That's having good risk management skills. You buy the stock lower at a lower price. You never want to buy at the top. It's like the, the point in the stock market is to buy low, sell high. So if you're purchasing at the top, ultimately, if it drops down, you'll be selling at low. So you want to make sure that you purchase at the low and sell at the top. That's good risk management skills. Another thing says, well, what's the opportunity cost? What am I losing out of not getting into it? Because there's something called FOMO. FOMO means fear of missing out. So some people say, oh, well, this stock is running. Let me get into it. And then they get caught chasing. And when you get caught chasing, nothing good comes from chasing anything. So when you get caught chasing, you buy the stock at the high again. Because now, let's say the stock went up $3 today. And you're like, oh, this stock will never move up that much. Let me buy it. So you buy it, go $3, then go to, to $0.50 cent more. So it's $3.50. You're like, okay. And then the stock just dropped back down to $2. You're like, what, what, what's going on? Because you bought it at the high. Instead of saying, I missed out. It's okay. There's millions of other more companies in the stock market. Just because you missed that one, there's plenty more. It's, and risk management could go as well with real estate. Let's say you buy a property thinking that you can gross this much or net this much income back from rent. Well, if you buy a property in a bad neighborhood or you buy a property with a bad school zone, shout out to Janae. She taught me that. And if it's in a bad area, then you might not gross that much profit. So you want to make sure that you're able to find something that's profitable with less risk. Ultimately, and when I'm on the stock market, I go for two to one. Can I make two, $2 off this dollar? Can I make 200% off by putting 100% in? And that's really my risk tolerance. Also, I must say, before we get into anything further, I am a very risky investor. I do take risk a lot because I believe in the upside of it. I have an opt- optimistic point of view. And you also have a, a, a lot of knowledge backing, backing your risk, too. It's like, I, I wouldn't necessarily say for the people that never invested in the stocks to just jump in and be the super risky investor that you might be, uh, unless they're willing to put in the time also, or the money to invest in a mentor or somebody that can guide them along the way, or the time to you know look at videos and things like that to at least have some kind of educational backing behind that risk. And a part of what you said, Wes, reminded me of a, a quote that I heard on another video that I was watching. It was something like, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Right. And it's kind of like when everybody, as you said, don't chase when everybody else is chasing. Like, Oh yeah, we're going to come up here, come up there. It's like, that's when you're kind of looking at it sideways and kind of like, mm, is this really an investment I want to get into mm-hmm. and, and really kind of be greedy when everybody else is saying, Oh no, the stock, the, the market's going to crash. I mean, if you think about it, the market crashing is a good thing because you're trying to buy low, right? 
Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. Right. So I don't ever try to predict the market. I just go with what it gives me. So if the market is going down, then I'm going to do things that you do when the market is down. If the market is going up, I'm going to do things that you do when the market is going up. The trend is your friend. I go along with it. So if the market is running up, I'm going to buy stocks and let them run up. I'm not going to say, oh, this stock is going to go down. When everything is showing me, the market is going up. That's the people that try to overanalyze things and get caught chasing. Or they get caught buying the wrong thing, trying to go against the market. The market is your friend. The market yields an 8% return every year, supposedly. It has been, it has been doing that since before I was born. 8% every year. So if you know the stock market is going to go up 8% every year, even during current COVID, stock market went up crazy. That's when the COVID made so many people millionaires in the stock market because, like you said, things was down. The market crashed for a temporary portion. People crashed that, bought stocks, and then invested them and let them grow long-term. So there's different, there's different type of investments, right? There's long-term, there's short-term, there's option plays, leaps, things of that nature. Short-term is saying, I might buy this today. I might sell it tomorrow. I might sell it in a week. Long term is I'm not looking at this for five years. For example, well, I have Tesla. I bought Tesla at $200, which I was sleeping on it because when it was $95, I should have bought it. I said, eh, I sent them up to 200 I said, oh, yeah, let me get that. At that point, people just said I was buying for the high or buying at the high or chasing. But it's a difference when you're, when you're playing on home something long term. Now Tesla is, today I think it had its all-time high at 875 or something like that. So, you know, that's $600 per share, 650 per share. That's a nice. That's a nice income you could have there. There's a nice little return. Nice, nice little return on your money, right? Almost six hundred percent. But who's counting? You want to make sure that you have your your game plan. If you don't have like the, it's the million dollar mindset class, right? Got to have your mindset right. So if you don't have your mindset right, you don't know what you're doing with the stock, then you're gonna lose money. Perfect example is if you think some, if you plan on holding something long term and then you're selling it. Let's say if I was sold Tesla at five hundred, well then I wouldn't have made the returns I made now because I, I my mindset changed. You want to make sure that you have your mindset right. Short term, long term, and then there's day trading. Day trading is something I get into a lot. That's why I make most of my money from. It's option trading. I option trade. The only thing with option trading, you have to have 25k in your account. I think they moved up to 30k, but you got 30k in your account to to do that. Or you can change the settings, and then you won't you won't be able to get instant deposits. The instant deposit says if I deposit two thousand two thousand dollars in, they gave me a thousand up front, and then three days later after the money clear, they gave me another thousand. So if you're okay with that, you can day trade and you could be profitable, but day trading comes with a lot of risk. So risk management is also there very important. Yeah, it's definitely really important. And I'm still, you know, trying to learn the ins and outs of uh, options myself. But before we go into the details, when you said that you follow the trends and you you behave a certain way when the market is down and you behave another way when the market is up, mm-hmm. what are some examples of like when you see that the market is down what are some of the actions or the, the the thoughts that are going through your head? And, you know, how do you plan for that? Okay, I see. I see, I see where you're going with this. You want, you want the secrets. You want the sauce. So let me, let me, give, let me give out some sauce. I mean, that's what we're here for today, right? So <laughs> when the market is going down and you know things are crashing, right, you don't buy certain stocks because you know that they can keep dropping. That's called buying a falling knife. So a falling knife is the price starts up, starts up here. You buy it. It drops. You buy it again, it drops. You buy it again, it drops. You just keep buying and buying and it keeps getting lower and lower. That's called buying a full knife. You let the dust settle. And when things drop, I let it drop. I don't have to do nothing. I sit on my hands. You wait. You know, you just sit back and wait. But there's also something you can do in options called puts. Put says that you're betting that the stock is going to go down. So if you believe the stock is going to go down, then that's when you can do a put on it. The more it goes down, the more money you make. Puts doesn't say you have to actually hit the price. It's something called a strike price. The strike price is the price that you believe the stock is going to fall to. 
a push don't say you have to have the stock to fall at that price. It just has to be going in that direction. So I can make, if the stock is $10, I can say this stock is going to go to $3. Even if it goes to 5 I make money. Now, if it goes to 3 I make real money. But if it goes to 5 I made money. That, and that's, that's what risk, risk management is because, for example, for me picking that $3 strike price, it's cheaper. I may say I only have to put $20 up. For me picking that $5 strike price, well, that might be $100. Well, I'm good with putting $20 in, but I, I believe the stock is going down, going down. Why? Because the market is going down. We have a market crash, ride it down. And when the market goes back up, take profit. Ride it up, ride it up. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, are there, so with that being said, of course, you, you, you switch your behaviors, but are there any red flags that, that you look out for, you know, before making the decision, before jumping in? Yes. So one of the main red flags I want to make sure is not falling knife. So if I see a drop, I mean, if I, let's say if I say I want to buy Apple at, well, I'll give you guys some prices too. Apple, you don't buy above 139. But let's say you buy Apple at 139. Or I, I want to buy at 139. And then I see it, it's at 156, right? And it goes down to 155. Then it goes to 152. And then it stops. I'm like, okay. But mind you, your mindset says you want to buy at 139. So that don't mean because it dropped $3, you want to go buy it at 156 or 153. You, you stick to your plan. But let's say, let's say Apple drops to 136 instead of 139. Oh, well, then that's a buy zone. If I like it, at 139, then I love it at 136. You want to make sure that you always buy low. So if it could buy a little lower, then I'll do that. Now, another red flag is I buy stocks that are on sale, not stocks, not stocks that are broken. For example, a sale maybe say five or 10%. That's a sell for me. But I'm not gonna buy a stock that's down 50%. Something ain't right. So another perfect example with that is let's say Apple comes out and say, hey, we're not making no more iPhones for the rest of the for the remainder of this month. October 20th, right? Let's say we're not making no iPhones for the rest of the month. What's going to happen to the stock price? It's going to go down. Cool. I'm going to buy that. But if Apple comes out and say, well, we're not making no stock, no more phones until ever, then that's a problem. Now the stock is no longer cheap. The stock is broke. It doesn't do, it doesn't perform the way it's supposed to perform. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So therefore, I will not purchase that because now, not only is the stock price going to go down, it might not recover back up. Yes, we know Apple is Apple. Was, was Apple number one seller? iPhones, 60% came from iPhone. And then another forty percent came from wearables. But if that transitions and everybody's have to buy wearables and no iPhones, and I don't know what you're gonna do with the Apple Watch with no iPhone. That doesn't really correlate. So that's why the stock become broken, and I just won't purchase it. A red flag is also doing your research and making sure that you see what's actually going on with the company, because if the company is telling you that they're about to go bankrupt, that's not that's not that don't mean go buy it. It means that they're about to shut down. So you shouldn't go buy it because it's cheap. It's cheap because it's about to close. I mean, you should probably hurry up and sell whatever you got left. Yeah, or you, should, you, should be, you shouldn't be into a company that's going to break up anytime soon anyway. Yeah. That's doing your due diligence. Mm-hmm. I like that word, due diligence. And I mean, due diligence even comes with that 139 price mark that you have for Apple. Not sure if that was, you know, rhetorical or, or, or literal, a literal yeah. price mark, but um, that's it. Yeah, I tell my stock group the same thing, 139. Okay. That's, so that's like a, so that's like a MAO, like a minimum allowable offer or maximum allowable offer of, of some sort. Now I know with real estate we have a formula like to follow on, on how you find that number. I mean, is that like a rule of thumb? Was there a formula that you've discovered or was taught that like how you find out what that number is for each industry? So when I'm when I'm looking at a stock, right, the first thing I want to do, I want to see what's the 52 week high, what's the 52 week low. That's the highest price it was at a year from today, and lowest price it was at a year from today. Those means between October 20th last year up until October 20th this year. So I find that, okay, let's say Apple was at 160 
and the low was at 120. Well, most likely not. It's not going to go back to a 52-week low, especially with stock right now is being inflated. There's a lot going on with it. It's probably not going to go that low. So I said, okay, let me find the next level. I find support level. Support level is where the stock, it falls, it's going to stop here. Then you have resistance. Resistance is where stock is not going to go past. Now, it may, once it breaks resistance, it's in a breakout point. Breakout point means the stock is going to fly. It's out of here. But support is, all right, well, this is my, remember we talked about falling knife? The stock keeps falling down and down. When it hits support, that's where it should stop at. It should bottom out there. Then that's when you want to buy. You always want to buy support and sell at resistance. Then you want to buy it again at support and sell at resistance. So the chart is going like this. You want to buy low, sell. Buy low, sell. Now you may get caught in the middle, but I know that Apple is not going below 139 no time soon. Like it hasn't. If you, you can check the charts, that's not going below 139 in a while. It's been at 140, 142, 146. But when it goes, if it goes below 139, I'm buying even more. I'm, that's when I'm going to load the boat. But before that, I know it's not going to 139. So 139 is a support level for Apple. And that's why we purchase Apple. Nice. I appreciate you sharing that and, and better explaining that. Um, so what are going back to the stock options? Mm-hmm. What are stock options? I've heard you mention puts and, and calls more. So what are the differences between a put and a call? OK, so stock options is basically essentially it's a bet on whether which way the stock is going to go. So you can bet the stock is going to go up or the stock is going to go down. So you have what you call a strike price. The strike price is the price that you believe is going to go to. And then you have expiration date. Expiration date is the is the time that you have until for it to get there. So let's say if I, I believe Apple is going to go up to 150, so my strike price will be 150. And let's say I believe it's going to go there until by the, at December. My expiration date, I pick a date in December. Usually expiration dates are on Fridays, and I pick a date in December. Let's say I don't know December 7th or December 4th, and I say great day. And then I say, um, well, how much am I willing to pay? So different strike prices. Have different amounts to pay, so this trade price may be one fifty. That may cost me two hundred dollars per contract. Contracts is how many you're gonna buy. So two hundred per contract. I may say, whoa, that's a little too too much for Apple. But the longer you expiration, the further your expiration date out, the safer you are. But the more money it costs. So therefore, you have to balance. Like we talked about risk management again. Do I want to be more safe and pay more, or do I want to be cheaper and and be more risky? Sometimes, most of the time, I don't buy leaps. Leaps are six months out to a year. I don't really buy those. I, as I told you, I'm a risky investor. Mm-hmm. I'm buying weeklies. I'm getting in, I'm getting out. And that's the good thing about day trading. Some days I don't let it hold the whole day. Some days I just let it go. I, let's say if it goes up 20, 30%, I'm good. Now we talk about risk management, right? That's important to know. Some people want to see 100%. You know, I just started really seeing 100% five months, no, seven months ago. I didn't even care about 100%. I was going to 10%. 10% I was happy with. I'm like, 10% is great. Then I started seeing people hitting 1,000%. I'm like, oh. But then I had to realize that that wasn't my level yet. Because they're also paying ridiculous, ridiculously amount of money for a contract, something I wasn't willing to pay back then. So I'm buying contracts for 100 to $200. They're buying contracts for 1200 $1,300. So yeah, they're seeing <laughs> thousands of percents because look how many they're buying. And on top of that, they're not just buying one. They're buying several. They're buying, buying several. Yeah, so that's 10000 They're looking at spending. And I'm like, oh, I'm spending 200 so, of course, I'm not going to see that type of return. But then as you work your way up, you start to realize, okay, it's better in the long run. Because if you take 10% compounded every day for 80 trading days, you make a million dollars. So, you trade 80 days straight and you win all your trades. You just take 10% each day, you'll be a millionaire. So, if I'm cool with 10%, but then I have some days where I'm not really settled for 10%. As I got better, 10% is no longer an option for me. 
now I need 100 to 150% most of the time. But there's all days where I'm like, mm, I should have took that 10%. And especially when it comes to options, I'm like, oh, I should take that 10% because now I'm down. And the good thing about options, though, it is quick money. It is fast money. But it's also the riskiest money. The riskiest thing you can do in the stock market besides buying at the high. But you can also buy options at the high as well because you pick a price when it's already there. Same thing we buy in the stock. Let's say we buy a stock. Stock went up $5 already. That may be like 40%. Why would I buy a stock that went up 40%? When I teach my stock classes to my clients, I teach them. I say, let's say, the price is $100, right? And then it goes to 120 And you buy it. That's the same thing as you go into a store saying, hey, I want to buy this shirt. Shirt's $100. You say, like, I ain't buying it today. You go back tomorrow and pay 120 for it. Why would you do that? That doesn't make sense to do. So, yo, I'll wait. There's something called clearance when things go on sale. And then that's why I'll purchase. So, same thing with the stock market. I buy the stock. If I plan on the option, the stock is going to $50. Well, then I'll wait till it drops to 30 Then I know it. I don't remember. It don't have to hit $50. It just got to go to 31 I'm in a profit already. And the difference between calls and puts, a call, believe, you believe the stock is going to go up. A put, believe you, you believe the stock is going to go down. Once again, a call and a put, you don't have to hit the strike price. Or it just has to be going in that direction for you to make money from it. Okay. And I mean, I'm going to try and reiterate this to see if I understand too. And, okay. and for the millionaires, I'll put it in a different way as well. So you're saying that the difference with options, they are definitely the more riskier of the trades in the stock market. Right. Okay. And then when you have options, uh, it sounds like they're more risky because in the traditional investing way, you're more so uh, investing in the shares. You're, you're, you're paying for the share where the, the option you're, you're betting on the direction. And then if, in that case, you got to put money up front to buy a contract to even be able to have that type of purchasing power or decision-making elaborate on that. Right. Yes. So in the stock market, you're buying shares. That means you own a portion of the company. When you buy options, you don't own anything. You're just betting on the right to do it. Now you have, it's called options because you're basically essentially buying the right to buy 100 contracts, I mean 100 shares. So in order to sell options, you have to have 100 shares of the contract. I mean, you have to have 100 shares of the company. So if I'm buying options, I say, let's say if the stock goes from, I buy a strike price of $17 and then the stock moves to 20, then I have the right, but not the obligation. You have the right, not the obligation. I mean, you don't have to, but you can. I can buy 100 shares at that $17 price, because even though the price went up to $22 or $20. So you have the right to do that. Nobody really exercises the right to do that because you, if the stock price went up and you better call, you, you're just taking a premium from it. You're just taking the money for it. I don't, I'm not buying it based to get the stock. I'm actually buying it to make the money on up front. And that's the reason why it's more risky because you have to put the money up front. Stocks, if you don't sell the stock, technically you don't lose the money. When it's an option, it's, as it's going up, it's going up. And as it's going down, it's going down. Sounds a sounds a lot like wholesaling to me, man. That's crazy. <laughs> so, it sounds like wholesaling. <laughs> it's in a similar sense, yes, it is. Yeah, that that's what's up. Okay, so what approach when when you first got started? I, I know that you were still in a, a place of employment, like most of us here, right? How what approach did you take to learning stocks, and why did you take that approach? And what I mean by approach, did you you know take the the money approach and invest in a coach and a mentor, or did you take the time and uh, the time approach? by, you know, looking up videos, reading books, you know, really investing your time into it? Um, so I, I kind of did both, right? So I, first of all, I teach stock classes, right? So I can't charge somebody a price and I, and I went and paid myself. So that's, that's rule number one. You can't charge for something that you wouldn't pay for yourself. So yes, I pay for classes. Um, I did have various people in my life that talked to me about stocks, but they, I wouldn't say a mentor. 
because we would just give each other plays and keep it moving like that. Now, in college, I did have one of my close friends. I don't know if he's on this call. He probably is. His name is Ace. We talked about stocks and things like that plenty of times. And as we got older, we kind of drifted off in his way. But he was one of the people who gave me that whole entrepreneurship spirit. He was like, yo, you gotta, like, you're got you going to be great, but you can't just keep working with someone else. And I knew that. I kept that back in my mind. But he gave me that 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 culture and that, and that air I need to hear. On top of that, I did take the time. I, as I told you before, I studied. Before I go out, I study every night. To this day, I still study my stocks every night. I have a stock slash options group where I actually put the plays in. I screen record them. All you got to do is just press what I press, and you can be profitable. And yes, there is risk, and there are losses. We don't win all the time. But lately, <laughs> we've been on fire. But in order to do that, I have to study my plays. I have to study what I'm going to do for the next day. I can't just go in there and say, okay, well, it's a new day. Like, I study at night, and then I wake up in the morning, and I make my breakfast. And then after that, I get ready. I go to market, I tell, I put in my play, I put in the chat, this is what I'm looking at, this we want to do. And then when the plays start rolling in, okay, boom. Like, for example, I gave you the price for Apple, right? If I know I, Apple's getting to 139, that's part of my study. So now I know I don't got to do too much in the market because once I see Apple, I put my alert on, buy, buy 10 shares of Apple when it goes to 139. Once it goes to 139, I'm good. So I did study and I also did, I actually, I paid for a stock class when I was, right before I decided to give out my, to teach my stock classes. I had my rubrics, I had everything I had set up and my agenda, how I was going to teach it. I said, let me take one actually to see what's going on with it. The person name I would not mention because it was terrible. I paid over three bands for it, $3,000. And it was horrible. It was 45 minutes. I sat there. It's no, it's no face-to-face. It's just a recording. You just listen. No questions. That's it. I said, no, this is, this is terrible. So that was actually a waste of my money. But I wouldn't have known that had I went out to pay for it. So yeah, I paid several other things as well. But ultimately, I believe, like, you don't have to pay for that. You can study. It's going to take you a while. It's going to take you a long time. But you don't have to pay. You can actually just study for a long period of time and get where you need to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was the reason why I wanted to ask that question, because I know a lot of people have their preference. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I like to fast forward the, mm-hmm. you know, the the process of learning this and figuring out which order to watch the YouTube videos, which books should I read first? You know, I'd rather just pay the person to, you know, point me in the right direction. But with that, like everything is a risk and you risk, you know, investing in the wrong person. So, um, I mean, learning from that experience, would you, what would you say are some good takeaways as far as how you can vet out these mentors, you know, to, and, and, you know, some questions to ask, you know, as far as for the people who are looking to invest in a coach and a mentor, you know, what are some things that they, sh- that they should look for? Well, first thing I'm going to look for is transparency, right? So when I post every day on Instagram, I post my profits or my losses. I lost 25K in a day. I posted that. People have to see it. There's risk. I also, the next day I made 4000 The next day I made 19000 The next day I made 7000 I posted all those as well. You see me lose it, but you're going to see me get it back plus more. Transparency is key because if I'm not showing my losses, you're going to think everything's all peachy cream. And then when you start losing money, it's like, oh, well, well what happened? And it's like, oh, well, stocks has risk. You should know that before you invest. Yeah, I should. But looking from your account, it's like there's no risk with you because everything looks right. But that's why the reason why I post my loss as well. I never lost 25K in a day before that. Like that was devastated. So I was, I was hurt. I was, I was messed up. But I had to get myself together. I had to get right. The other day, I just made 20K in a day. But that, and I posted that as well. I want people to know that there's, there's were losses, but there's also going to be wins. So transparency is one. Two, you want to make sure it's somebody that you're comfortable with. Because some people, they don't want to ask the, the questions. I always say, I told my clients, ask me what you want to ask me. Like I have what you call a mental, a mental health day slash mindset call 
So everybody in my stock group, what we do is I get on a Zoom call for an hour, sometimes last two to three hours. We get on and we just talk. What's going on with your life? What's going on with you? And then I teach, I may teach a topic or so, or if, if the conversation is just based on how they're feeling, then we just keep it there. Because one thing you never want to do is trade when you have emotion, emotions going through you. For example, if someone is if someone's close to you is hurt or infected or something like that, you want to make sure that you're not trading. And that's something a lot of people tell you. You know, if you're not emotionally stable, you shouldn't be trading. So same thing with a coach. You're not gonna ask the questions if you if you don't feel comfortable around them. So you make sure someone you feel comfortable with. Lastly, please make sure somebody actually makes money. Because you have these people selling you stuff like, hey, I can teach you, I can do this for you. And they'll charge you. And you see their games, they're only making $500 every three months. That's terrible. That's like, that's you could, you could honestly walk outside and probably get more money than that. But then they're $500 every three months. That's, that's not the type of game that you want. If you want, now you can read everything they're going to teach you. can read yourself. If they only make it $500, they must not know that much. So you can read everything and probably know what they know. But then when you start getting to people making thousands and, and you're getting up there, then they're going to charge you, of course. And lastly, too, as just from the consumer side, don't be, don't be scared to pay. Because I didn't want to pay that $3,000 for that class. I was like, I'm not, I don't know about that. But then I said, let me play it. Because if I didn't pay, I wouldn't know what to do now. Like I told everybody that's in my stock group, yeah, I don't want you to be under my stock group forever. Make your own. Like go out and make your own. That, cause that way you'd be good as me and I can be like, hey, I'm thinking about this play. You think I should buy it? And it'd be, it'd be, it's the, it'd be better versus what you think I should buy this. Because I do have a group. Well, last month I had over 50 members. And it's like, Yes, I have no, I have nobody to ask. Like, hey, I don't know if this is a good play or not. So they depend on me. That's why I teach also in the stock group because I want them to be able to learn that way. They can matriculate and go into their own. That's what a mentorship does. A mentorship makes sure that you actually either better than him or just as good as him. It's no fun if I got if I'm the only person that you can depend on. So yeah, those are a couple of things I think you should look for in a mentor. Yeah, all, all good things, all good things. And there's two things I want to touch on that you said. The first one was that transparency piece. That that was because I remember seeing that post. And I was like, "Ooh, that's a hurt piece." But it also was it was it was a, a it was like a um a a flash or a green light, not a red flag, but a green flag, right? Because I'm just like he clearly he clearly doing something right to even feel comfortable about sharing that, right? Because anybody else, you know, they don't want to share the, the losses because. You got something to prove. Like you got to show people like you good at this. You you kind of faking it till you make it. But being able to have that transparency is like, you know, I don't really have nothing to prove. I know what I'm capable of. I'm going to go. I'm going to show you. I'm going to make it back. I'm going to show you how to make it back. And that's the thing about like stocks, right? So you don't want your stocks to go straight up because when they go straight up, they take a straight fall. Mm-hmm. Like a step. You want to go up, come down, up, come down. The reason why you want to come down, how can you ever buy something at a reasonable price if it doesn't come down? It has to come down. So you want your stocks to go up. Come down a little bit, then go back up and come down a little bit. So that's what I did. I made, I think, like 10,000 the day before that. It was 25, then made four. That was a 19, seven. I'm up. I'm past the 20, I'm, I'm past the 25K loss now. And I, I grossed more than that. But at the same time, I, had to, I still had to show you that things do come down. And then I, I wouldn't even feel right doing that to people because I put in my, my chat with my clients. I'm like, hey, I lost 25K today. I'm, I'm going to be a little. A, little, a lot going on, but give me some time. Tomorrow we get right back at it. They was like, "All right." Like they was looking like, "We well, lost what?" I was like, "Yeah, I lost it." They was like, "Damn!" Like, but that that same day, they was all making money. They was like, "How are you losing twenty five and we making money?" And you the one giving us the plays because some of the plays I do, I have high risk, and I don't put that in the chat because I don't want them taking that type of risk. Because, hey, like you said, some of them have jobs; they can't get in and get out right then and there. Secondly, they're not watching computer screen all day. I am so. 
I, if I take get out, it might be that may be ten seconds too late. They could they could lose money from that. So I don't put them in that type those type of place. Plus, they require a lot of money. Like I, if I lost twenty five k, I mean I have to invest twenty five k. So if I lost twenty five k in it, then I don't want them type of investing twenty five k when you can lose it like that. So I don't put those in it. But they and that's the thing about being transparent. You get you gaining trust. When they see me losing, they're like, oh, okay. But they see me get it back. They're like, oh well, mm-hmm, you gonna get it back. So if they if they take a loss in the group chat. They're like, oh damn, took a loss. But tomorrow we're gonna get it back. Just the other yesterday, somebody just made twenty five hundred. In like three minutes in my stock group. I'm like, look at you. You're like, well, you did it. I said, no, I didn't do it. I put the play in, but you pay your money every month. You come, you show up, you do what you got to do. So I, if it was a person up to me, I would pay somebody to tell me what to do because it's easy. If my pipes get broken, I'm not going to try to fix it myself. I'm going to call a plumber. I'm call somebody that's an expert at what they do. So, and that's, and that's the easy approach. You don't always have to know everything. I just need to know a little bit of something. Yeah, everybody, everybody has a, a secret ingredient to this entree we call life. Right. Yeah. You know, you just got to rely on people. To, it's like a potluck. Just you bring the greens. I bring the mac and cheese. Yeah. Uncle over there bring the, you know, the mashed potatoes, yeah. whatever the case may be. Everybody brings something to the table. Right. Um, so that's a good point. And I do want to touch back on the other point that you made. Um, the mental health day. Right. I'm sure you needed that after that 25. You know, the rest of the day, I got to I got to re- I got to just study. I got to go to I got to take a nap, wake up, study, you know, and get ready for the next day because I do have clients that's relying on me. And with that mental health day, uh, this leads to my next question, Wes, do you think that is wise? Um, you know, cause a lot of people may get into investing and they want to be their own boss. They want to control their time. They also want to be financially free, but a lot of times we get into these trades and we get into this stuff because of the fear of just not having money, you know, entering that survival mode. Is it wise to get into trading into, you know, get into stocks when you need money? Um, so I've always believed you should prepare yourself. You want to be prepared, not surprised, right? So you should start things when you're comfortable. So whatever that means to you, you may be comfortable, you may not be comfortable financially. You may be comfortable financially, but not comfortably mentally. You may be comfortable financially and mentally, but spiritually not comfortably. You need to make sure that you're comfortable at what you're doing, right? So that's why I tell my clients, don't quit your job. Do not, that's not something about why would you do that? This is another form of money. The reason why I quit my job is because this is the form of, this is the only form of money I have. It's like, I have to do this. This is like, this is how I get paid. But don't quit your job. You can have this as another avenue to make money from, right? And on top of that, you make your job work for you. It's, it's, you, have, you have benefits when you have a job. Not just health benefits, but there's other benefits to it. For example, you want to purchase a house. You got two pay stubs. You got your credit right. You got your money right. You'll be able to do that. Well, being that I'm an investor, I don't have two pay stubs. So they have to go through the loan process, which I'm going through currently now. So you have benefits. So make sure that your job is working for you as well. And on top of that, you can write things off with your taxes and things like that for having a job. So I call tell you, don't quit your job. So if you need money, I don't think investing should be the first thing you should do. Even if you have money, investing shouldn't be the first thing you do. The first thing you need to do is understand the knowledge, grasp the knowledge and get it. Once you get it, then you'll feel more comfortable because you don't want to risk your last on something you don't know about. That's the worst thing to do. Just like when people go broke, like even with Wall Street, he was gambling, things like that. You try to make, try to make ends meet. Investments is not about trying to make ends meet. Investments trying to take sure to change your future in the long run. So yes, options is quick, but you should invest long term as well. And that's one that's my favorite thing to do is actually invest long term because the gains are unbelievable. Like I, the Tesla game for me is probably I think I'm at seventeen hundred percent or eighteen hundred percent. Yeah, it's not quick money. It took me a year and a half, but that's quick to me to make seventeen hundred percent on something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that ain't that, that ain't hurting me. 
most houses, you know, you can own a house for 30 years and it don't go up 1,700%. You, you can own a house and then for 30 years, it's still be a mortgage. <laughs> you still owe. So, so, that exactly. could be so that could be an issue. So, and investing is long-term. A lot of people will trick you out, try to trick you out your spot, tell you, yeah, you should get an options to do it. You should get an options when you're ready. We have money to get an options because there have been people that came to my group. They, I say, I, I offer a stock class, I offer a stock option, stock slash option group. They just want to join the group because they see the gains. They understand that half the people in my group took the class. Half the people in my group been with me since I started this in March. It wasn't like this was a new thing. They, they lost money with me too. They, they was on a, on a journey with me. So, and they were, they were, at that point, they was comfortable. They was like, you know, I'm ready to get in it. So getting things when you're both com- comfortably physically, mentally, and spiritually. I don't think you should go in as, as a, stocks is not a form of desperation. It's not an asset class for you to go through desperation measures for. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, it's, it should be calculated. It should be 100% planned. I, I agree with that. Uh, all right. Well, Mr. Mr. Big Shot. So I, I know you had a totally different, different ballpark right now, but going back and thinking about when you first got started in the stocks, you know, knowing what you know now, how much is a good starting point, you know, to start investing in stocks? That's a, that's a good question, right? So honestly, it's a common question I get from everybody, right? And I give them the same exact answer that I'm going to give you. You can invest as much as you want to lose because stock has risk. So if I knew I could lose 500 and, and, I, and it will hurt me, I'm not risking 500. If I know I can lose 1,000, I'll be all right. Then I'm going to invest 1,000. Only invest what you are willing to lose because you can lose it. But also, there's also upside to it. Originally, I started with $1,500. When I, when I decided to like go big and I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I started with $1,500. Well, if I went from 1500 to being able to lose 25K, <laughs> that, that tells you stocks work. But at the same time, you have to put in what you want to lose because I have more money in my account, but when I saw a 25K loss, I was willing to lose that because I betted it. And I did on an option play. I never lost, I, to this day, I never lost money trading stocks. I only lose money on options because it's risky. But there's no set amount of how much you should start with because you could buy an option. I put a contract today in my group for $12. Each contract was $12. Now that's really unheard of. Now, you, then there's some contracts that's $2,000, $3,000. Today, I bought a Netflix contract. It's Netflix has earnings, and they beat the earnings. They knocked them off the park. I bought a Netflix contract that was $1,250 a, per, a, a contract. And then I bought one that was 400 contract. So it depends on how much you want to lose. And I was ready to lose the 1200 they did bad. I was ready to lose the 400 they did bad. But on the, on the good side, they did, and they, they knocked earnings off the park, and I should wake up to something nice in the morning. I definitely should wake up to something nice. And, man, I... You just dropping a lot of gems right now. And I hope that the millionaires that are tuned in with us live and that will be listening to this on Friday have their pen and pad out because this is definitely pen and pad flow. You definitely drop in and spend a lot of information with. So I appreciate that. And again, guys, you know, as we starting to wrap up, not not quite yet, but I definitely want to entice you all to have your questions ready. I see a couple questions trickling in. I do see them. So make sure that you send me those questions so that we can have them for Wes at the end of the interview. Um now make, what was make, that? I said can I ask something too? Make sure the questions are good. Like get what you, get your get your time worth. I'm gonna answer anything you want to know. So don't be afraid to ask. Even if it's something that I charge for, I, I, I can I can look out today. Today is a, today, I'm feeling good today. Today's a good day. I made some money in the market. I want to give out some special sauce today. Hey, is, is, he said it's Christmas slash Kwanzaa today. 
<laughs> you giving out gifts. So here we go. Wes, I know we talked about, um, you know, if you want to invest the money in the coach, what things to look for in your mentor and, and in your coach. But let's say you don't have that type of money that you can invest right away. You plan on it, but just right now, you just don't want to, you want to be proactive. So you want to take the time approach, you know, do you have any recommend recommendations as far as, you know, free channels or, you know, learning content that's available out here that, you know, people could take advantage of? So that's a good question, right? So the reason why I tell everybody you want to research first, because the more research you do, the less you have to pay for. I don't like paying for things. I, like, I don't like using my money to pay for things. That's what I like stock market because I use other people's money. I don't like using my money to pay for things. So, of course, I want to try to find, I'm going to try to get the cheapest option possible. The cheapest option is not, oh, how much it costs. It's how much do I have to pay because I don't need it. So if I learn X, Y, Z, I don't need to pay for that because I know it. So let me go pay for something else. So one of the websites I use all the time, MarketWatch. It's a good website. tells you about stocks, things like that. also gives you a lot of news. Also, the Wall Street Journal. Don't, don't get the, the pay version. No, don't get that one. that one. That one's a little crazy. You make sure you get the free one and you, get the, you download the news from it from the stocks. Also, another one, Benzinga. Benzinga is a good website. It gets free, but it gets a while with the, with the prices. You don't have to pay for that either. You can get the free version and download it and just look at stocks and see what, they, what they're doing daily and get the knowledge of it. Another one, Tip Ranks. Tip Ranks is a great website as well. That's, that's my baby. That's my specialty. I teach that one in my class. Um, what's another good one? Oh, what I did today, Earning Whispers. Earning Whispers tells you when, what's the earnings report. So it tells you, did they beat or they meet earnings? Are they expected to meet earnings? What's the expected price? If you know what they expected to do with earnings and you know when earnings is going to happen, you can pretty much predict which way the stock is going to go. Because just because you know it, don't think everybody else in the world don't know it. Of course they know it. We may be just late to the party. So if I know that and I know that they know that, I know that they're going to run the stock up or run the stock down based on what they expected to be or me earning. So with that being said, I knew Netflix was going to knock out the park because what the Squid Game did, the most they haven't made. That was, some of that was included in their, um, in their earnings. And if it wasn't, it was included in the guidance. And the guidance is like a forecast of what's going to happen in the future. So when I knew that, I said, okay, now I checked on earnings whispers. I said, oh, look at that. They've been down. I mean, they've been meeting earnings every single quarter. Well, if that's the case. They must, they definitely going to meet it this time because it's, it's the highest gross revenue they ever had. And they did, and they knocked out the water. So those are some few websites that you can use. Also, YouTube is cool. Um, there's people you can watch on YouTube. Just make sure you vet out who you watch. I'm more of an information type person. I do watch YouTube here and there, but well, no, I watch YouTube every day. But I'm more of a website type of guy because by the time his YouTube, somebody has to like once somebody read the information, they have to record it and then upload it to YouTube. I could just read it the same time they read it, and then I'll be fine. And I also I could make my own determination from it because you listen to a, a video, you can't really it's their opinion of it. It's like a callback to what they're saying. So you want to make sure that you have your own opinion on your own mindset from it. All, all good, all good feedback. And, you know, I'm definitely hoping y'all wrote down some of those websites. Uh, I definitely did. Now, with, with, I know we probably answered this on numerous occasions too, Wes, but I'm going to ask the question blatantly so we can have the answer blatantly, right, <laughs> as well. What type of mindset should one adopt before getting into trading and investing point blank period? Um, determination is one. You, you got to be determined because, and I don't mean determined to make money. I mean determined to be successful. Because money comes with success. When you're successful, the money going to come. But the determination takes you, that's going to be them days when you get off work nine hours, you still got to go study three hours. That's determination. It's going to be them days when you're like, oh, I'm going to go out tonight. Well, I should, maybe I should do a little study before I go. I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to tell you, don't go out and party. I party. So I'm never going to say don't party. 
I'm going to say is make sure you go study before you party. Um, determination is one. Two, the world will know that it's going to be all right. You, like, things are going to be all right. Most people, the reason why they, they lose money is because they don't think things are going to be okay. So, A, they leave money on the table. For example, only taking 4% when they could have waited and got the 10%. Because they know, they think they have a scarcity mindset. Oh, I may lose, I may lose it. No, I have an abundance mindset. If I lose 25K, I can make 25K a day. That's why I, I was happy. I, lost, I wasn't happy. But it showed me something. I'm like, yo, you can really lose 25,000 a day. So what does that mean on the opposite side? That means you can make 25K a day. And then I wanted to make it 20K. And one time I said, oh, I never made that before. But that's because I know it's possible. I, things are going to be okay. So once I seen that, I was like, that's fine. Um, three, you got to be open. You got to be open to learn. Because there's going to be some things that you read. For example, let me, let me think of something good. Let's say a, a company decides to say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to lower the price of the stocks. Everybody will say, what? 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 Everybody will get mad. But being open, being open is like, why? Why are they doing that? And you'll see. Most of the time, when companies lower the price of stock, the stock performs better in the long run. But you have to have the open mindset. Once you, if you, if you think, oh, people own this, I got ten shares of this. They want, they want to lower it down two dollars. I'm gonna lose money. No, you have to be open and learn. Like, okay, why are they doing this? What's going on with this? Because ultimately, in the long run, the stock does perform better. It's called share offering. So, you have to be willing to learn. You have an open mindset. You have to know that things are gonna be okay. You gotta have faith, because faith is knowing that, like you said, things are gonna be right, and faith is knowing that there's gonna be good in the outcome. A lot, like most people that lost that 25K and they left, they done with the stock market. They would never got, got the chance to make their money back. So nobody's going to go in my pockets. I'm be okay with that. I'm going back to get mine. So I went back the next day, woke up and got some money. And then I, I knew, okay, 4,000 is it 25,000, but it's a start. And the next day, that's when I knocked out the water. Yeah. So I, and, and I'm going to even put emphasis on the fact that you, when you lost it, you did everything you needed to do to make it back. You put in the work. More, most importantly and i think a lot of times we forget that faith without work it, it, it's just it's just blind it's just it's dead it's, it's just blind faith so you still got to put in the work you still got to practice you still got to show up uh and, and back that faith that you that you putting into yourself um now clearly Wes, you got a lot of passion behind what you're doing and you it shows in, in everything that you're saying too where did you know where and what you do now did you find your passion like what what about the stocks what about the coaching what about everything that you're doing now and the life that you live in where did you find your passion um that's a good question right so growing up i was i have a brother and sister i don't really i didn't really deal with my brother my sister's cool so i was kind of like all for myself but as i said i met one of my friends in college his name is ace he was like, yo, man, we got to help our people. He's one of the people that always care about people. You know, like somebody, everybody's like, all right, go ahead. But like, but he's like, no, like, we got to care about people. We got to care about people. And he just kept drilling in my head. I'm like, yo, that's cool. But like, I got to make sure my parents' rent is paid. I got to take care of my, what I got going on. I can't worry about nobody else. Jay-Z said, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. And I, and I agree with that. But then the also part of it, he said, so I got rich and helped them. So I mean, that's a win-win. I, I didn't understand that part at first. I only understood the. I can't help the poor if I wanted them because I'm like, yo, I'm worried about everybody else. I need to focus on myself. So now I start realizing I got good at the stock market. I'm like, this is something I'm really good at. Like, I'm making money from it. Then I start asking my friends, you know about stocks? No, no, no. Nobody cares about that. I'm like, there's an issue. Because then when I start showing the games, everybody's like, want to know what's that? It's the same thing you said nobody cares about, same things you don't know about. So that's where I started teaching. And once I started teaching, I started enjoying it. At first, I'm like, oh, I got class today. I got to teach my stocks today. It was a lot. But because my class is supposed to be an hour and a half. 
Sometimes we're on the phone in three hours. But I don't get mad about that. I do be like, well, man, he wrapped me up. Well, I was there forever. But at the same time, if it takes you that long to learn, that's what it takes. Well, at least I know that you got your money worth and you're going to understand the knowledge. Because what's work, what's next? You're gonna join it, you're gonna join the stock group. Then you come to the stock group and you don't know nothing, now I gotta go over it again. So it's better that I make sure that you understand it the first time. And then I start realizing, like, I start seeing people get money. I'm like, oh, this is what I meant to do. I always my what I wanted to do as younger. I always wanted to be a, if I had I looked at it's crazy. I looked at a paper the other day from like, I think it was like ninth grade, 10th grade. My teacher was Miss Bond. She asked me, she was like, I it's crazy. I invited her to the meeting too. I don't know if she came. But that's my, that's my baby. She's like 75. That's my homie. Which that was my teacher. She came, she was like, what you want to do when you go down? Like, write three, three things down. I wrote three things down. I said, stockbroker, stockbroker, stockbroker. She was like, if that don't work, I said, if that don't work, stockbroker, stockbroker. She was like, so that's all you want to do? I said, yes. She said, okay, well, I hope you do that. All right. So technically, we had t- like I don't work for Wall Street, but I am a stockbroker. And on top of that, so I achieved that goal, but now I always knew I wanted to own a bank. Well, that's why I started the financial firm. So now I don't just do Stocks, repair credit, real estate. I give out personal business loans. I got I give out personal loans and business loans. Um, I, I, anything you could think of that the bank does, I do. Only thing I don't have is debit cards, and that's coming. So I wanted to own my own bank, and then I was like, I'm going to own the J.P. Morgan. I'm going to own the Discover. And then I said, no, I'm going to own Hip Financials. My last name, that's something that when I do have a child, I can pass it up to something that my father and my parents can be happy of and know that anything they want, they come to make to get. So my passion comes from being younger, saying something I want to do and actually achieving it. 100%. And, you know, congratulations on all that. I you I didn't know I didn't know about the, you know, all the other things that you got going on, but that's a huge win for for everybody, you know, here. Congratulations and, you know, shout out to you for finding a way that you can stimulate, not only stimulate the economy, but help others, mm-hmm. you know, give them the advice they need, give them the funds that they need and really make a difference in their lives. So, big big win for you, brother. Um now I know that you shared your biggest loss. But I do want to hear about, you know, the greatest win. If you haven't already shared that, what, what did that greatest win for you look like? So the greatest win for me wasn't monetary. I could, I could honestly say that. So I had a client who was like, yo, Wes, this is not it. Like, I can't, like, I don't, I can't, I can't get it. I was like, just stick with it. Stick with it. She was like, yeah, you told me to stick with it. But <laughs> you, you making five, six K a day. I'm not really making that. I said, yo, stick with it. She was like, man, I'm gonna come. She was in stock. She said, I'm gonna come back. I said, okay. Now, first, first, I can't make you stay. Second, well, if you ain't paying, then we well, gotta go anyway. So I'm like, all right, come back. She, she said, I said, but come back with a different mindset. Don't come back here without, without your mind right. She was like, okay. Took her two months. She came back. The first day, she, well, she texted me like, she called, she texted the calculator. I said, yeah, she's talking to me. She has a lot of background, a lot going on, but you could, I'm like, I can't really hear, but the only thing I can hear was her determination. She's like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, your mindset right? She's like, I'm positive. I'm like, so I started asking her questions, stuff that I know she wouldn't know because it's like high level stock things. She was, she, she was on the right path. She wasn't there yet, but she was on the right path. I'm like, okay. Okay. I see where she's going. She, she knew way more than she did before. So I'm like, okay. First day she came to the group, she had 500. Then she had 1,000. I'm like, wait, what? Mind you, she was just losing. Two months ago, she lost, like, she didn't win, never. And I'm not putting the plays in, but she buying them at the wrong time, buying them at the high, things like that. She was just losing. But now she had 500,000. I'm like, look at you. I'm like, yo, I'm proud of you. She was like, no, I ain't do nothing. All you did was tell me to change my mindset, and I got right. And I was like, wow. Because it wasn't her buy, it wasn't her purchasing at the wrong time. She just didn't believe she had it. 
but now she's she's paid up <laughs> every month for so far. Like she has like now, now she'll have to pay for the rest of the year because she already paid up ahead of time. That she paid me because I, I charge every month. She paid me every month for the rest of the year already. So now she's set and she's been making money and we, everything's been good. So I'm like, wow, it took somebody and she didn't know nothing about stocks, not a thing. I know if, I, I hope she don't mind me sharing this. But I remember I, she t- we took the stock class. And I'm like, so what do, what do you consider? How would you say a stock is? She said, a stock is like a share. I said, hmm? She said, a stock is like a share. But now, you ask her what a stock is, she can show you some, she's gonna show you some profits. She can show you what stock really is. So I'm proud of her, man. That's my only. Hey, I love hearing those types of stories. The stories that, you know, the underdogs yeah. stopped believing in themselves and they just needed that one person. In this case, you was that person to, you know, just push them through and even though she left and came back, you know, she ended up still being in the right place at the right time. So shout out to her. Shout out to that queen for, for getting it done and, and switching up her mindset. And that's really the whole purpose of the Million Dollar Mind podcast, right? And you came here and delivered, right? It's all about helping people realize that it starts here first, right? You got to, in order to become a millionaire, you got to be a millionaire, right? We all, I say millionaires, millionaires, because we all, we already millionaires, whether you got it in your bank account or not, you just got to first think it in, in the mind first. So shout out to that queen again, uh, Wes, as we start into wrap it up for, for, uh, for, for today's uh, episode. Before I get into the Q&A, I do want to switch gears a little bit to the next segment, which is called Rapid Fire. And this is to just clear the palate, right? We, we, we had a lot of gems dropped, a lot of fire. We just need a glass of water. So this Rapid Fire is just to make it fun, lighten the mood. Uh, and I'm going to ask you five random questions. It's brought to you by Poddex. Um, and uh, we're just going to ask five random questions. I don't want you to overthink it. You know, just, you know, answer with the first thing that come to mind. All right. All right. Let's go. Coolio, Coolio. First one is. Yes or no? Or is it? Nah, okay. nah. You, it's not yes or no. You're going gonna, gonna to get a taste. This one is, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Mm. It's lit. Let's get it. They owe me. Let's get it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. Cool, yo, cool, yo. Next one is: What is something that you like that most people don't? Oh, good. Smoke three times a day. Ooh, brother, brother, man, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, hey, you took it to a whole nother level. At that point, you you just smoking Newports. No, don't worry. New. Nah. <laughs> All right. All right. So what do you consider your greatest achievement? Um, I pay my parents rent every month. Snap it up for that one. That's Thank a huge you. one. That's a huge one. What's the worst job you've ever had? Um, <laughs> McDonald's. I was a manager in high school. I hated it. Um, I, one day they told me to clean toilets. I was like, what? What is she talking about? I'm a manager here. But then I ain't lying. I changed my mindset. It showed me that you gotta be, you gotta wear, you gotta be a jack of all trades. Because if I ain't clean them toilets, I was gonna get fired. I wasn't gonna have no money to go to college with. I said, yeah, let me get right. I cleaned them toilets, but I hated it every second of it. I couldn't stand it. And even when I became a manager, I hated it even worse. I mean, I'm not mad at you for that one. I wouldn't want to clean no toilets being a manager either. I'm like manager. I'm, I made it, you know. <laughs> and on top of that, I was the youngest person there at the time. So she's just trying to bully you. It sound like. Well, no, I feel like it wasn't just me. When I when I came here to visit, because we got cool, she was, other people like managers was cleaning the toilet and doing things they shouldn't be doing. I'm like, oh, this is wild. But I was I got up out of here. Yes, you did. Look where you at now. Right. <laughs> last one, the last um, fifth and final question. What is your favorite gadget that you own to this day? 
Um, yeah, I'll have to say probably my Louis bag. Um, someone's real special to me. My companion bought that. Um, so that that was it was it was a good significant gift. Um, it holds my money, holds my glasses, holds my phone. It's a Louis uh pouch, kinda. Some people call it a purse, but it's a man, so it's a Merc's. Yeah, it holds all that for me. <laughs> it keeps me right. <laughs> All right. Way to defend way to defend that bag, brother. Way to defend the bag. <laughs> all right. So we um we switching gears now. You got um you all have made it. Man, we uh we capped out at 23. We now at 18 now. So you've all have made it to the the live QA portion of today's show. And uh I'm gonna start off with the first question that I see here in the chat. And now is the perfect time. If you have any questions, like Wes said, you know, no questions, a bad question, get your time's worth you have sat here for an hour now so make sure that you are getting your time worth and asking some questions that are really you know sitting inside that that gut and something that you really want to discover on today's call so starting off with a question from naya she asked how much is considered buying low as we mentioned you know buy low buy low buy low how mm-hmm. much is considered buying low that's a good question right so buying low you want to make sure that you buy at least five percent ten percent of the price so you want to try to get less than five to ten percent. That's what we consider buying low. But it also depends. There's no exact price. It depends on actual stock. Because for example, I told you Apple, you want to buy one thirty nine. Microsoft is three hundred dollars stock. So you ain't gonna find it for one thirty nine. You might find that for two eighty five, two eighty four. These are all price points that you should get in at as well. Anytime I mention a price, that's the price that you should buy at. So you may. It depends on. You want to also make sure that you buy at support. You want to buy it where the stock doesn't fall below. That may be a lower price you want to get at because it. If it isn't going down anymore, there's nothing else to do but go up. Great, great answer to a great question. Um, next is Tristan. He asked, and I'm assuming with the with the context, asking how much money and knowledge do I need to get to where you are now? So I'm assuming, you know, where you are now is, is exponential to somebody who's just now beginning. So they might be taking the the, the money approach of, you know, fast forward that. So how much money would they need to get to where you are now, Wes? Um, well, it's not really about the money, right? Because the money comes with the knowledge. So you can, like, as I told you, I started off with $1,500 and I got so I'm at now. Um, so it's not about the money wise, but if you want to take a stock class, that's something different. Yes, you have to pay for that. And we can discuss that. I think we can do a good partnership with the Million Dollar Mindset Podcast and hit financials, get some discounts going on, help people work. And it's just the mindset, honestly, though. Get your mind right. And then, once you learn, what you didn't learn, you can put in a little ass, you can start the stock market with $50. Then that $50 and make it exponential amount of money. And then you said 10% every time, right? Well, so technically, to, well, I don't have a million dollars yet, but 10% every day, we got, we got compounded, which means that you win 10% today, you take that 10% and you add it, and you take, you risk all that, and take that 10% and add it, and do it again for 80 trading days, and you'll be a millionaire. Mm. All right, well. Hopefully we see a lot of millionaires coming up in the next, you know, 12 to 24 months, man. All you need, all you need is 10%. So you don't have to, but the thing is too, the beauty of it, let's say if I go, let's say if I had hundred percent, I don't have to trade for 10 days because now I'm out. Now some, the problem with some people is they try to overdo it and beat the, so I'm, if I make hundred percent today, I make hundred percent tomorrow. That's only four years left. No, just do your 10% and be all right. Now I can't say don't take hundred percent. That would be foolish of me to say that. But if you give that don't mean go to risk another 100% again. They'll stick to your plan. Take that money, put it, put it in your pocket, sit in it, buy something else with it. Just make sure that you don't overstay yourself. 
And it also means just because you could don't mean that you should take those days off either. Exactly. Right now, you don't have to trade every day. I tell people all the time, you, you, you shouldn't trade every day. I trade every day because I have people that depend on me to trade every day. So that's the reason why I do it. Plus, on top of that, I, I love what I do. I love trading. Like It gets me hyped to know that I study for something. It's like a test. I studied and went through. I did good and made me money from it. Hey, man. Question from Clifton. What is two methods that you use to make you comfortable to jump into a play? Mm, that's a that's a sauce question. You're trying to learn the sauce. Trying to learn some sauce. <laughs> well, it's Kwanzaa, though. They call me Young Prego, so I got you. So <laughs> one of the first things um, I'm looking for, is that resistance? Or is that support? If it's that support, that might be a good entry. Second of all, how much is, if I'm doing options, how much is this contract worth? Because I'm not going to pay $100 for a contract when I can only make $3 from it. That's pointless. We talked about risk management earlier. So you want to make sure how much is it worth, and you want to see if it's that support or resistance. Because if it's that support, it can do nothing, but it can it can break support. It can go down, of course. What's the likelihood of it breaking support? Not very likely. That's why I want to buy a support and then sell at resistance. So I'm looking at the price of both the stock and seeing where the price action is moving, and then I'm looking at the price of the actual contract. And now let me give them something else to add to that. If I'm That's sort of options. If I'm buying a stock, I want to make sure that the stock is at support again. I want to make sure it has any, does it have any catalyst or any type of news to report to say where is it going? So something like Apple just came out with the new MacBooks. MacBooks are amazing. They, they, they look fine. They do a lot. What did I do? Made the price go up. I bought Apple a couple of days ago, more of it, because I knew that this was going to happen. Because I seen that. I did the research on it. So that was a catalyst to make the stock move up. So catalyst and, and type of news and the, the structure of the price and where it's at. Catalyst and structure. Catalyst and structure. That's what I heard. All right. What made you, for, oh, question from Idira. What made you invest in real estate as well? Was it because of the risk in stocks and it not being a consistent flow of income or what? So, you know, everybody say you have seven streams of income to be a million and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. That's great. But I want to have as much revenue or income as I can because there's no such thing as too much money, right? Also, I don't just invest in real estate. I put, I, I buy nice homes and put low income black people in them. Therefore, I know I, everybody wants to, everybody, everybody deserves to live in a good home. That, that is a fact. Everybody deserves to live in some, somewhere comfortably nice. So I try to make sure I can help my people with that and then put them into that type of environment. What do the bank do? The bank give out mortgages, right? So I ain't giving out mortgage loans because I don't got that much money yet. If I can help you get some, I can help you, you know, find some way to live. On, on top of that, it is a good stream of income as well. It's never stopping. It's always coming. People always got to pay their rent. Doing, when you get the right tenants, you have no issue. During COVID, my tenants paying their rent no matter what. Like in the, the midst of COVID, tenants pay their rent every month. Not an issue. Man, <laughs> every day, every, I mean, it's like the longer you talk, West, it's like the more sauce you just drop in the, and the more gems is being told, man. Shout out to you, man. That's that's amazing. AJ uh, asked, can you name the websites you mentioned earlier? And I would say, you know, stick to, you know, top two, top two, because we can also run, run this back. Okay. Uh, Market Watch. Um, top two, man. That's a good one. Can I get three? Three, top three. All right. Market Watch, Bazinga, and Earning Whiffers. Market Watch, Bazinga, and Earning Whiffers. Whispers. Whispers. Yep. Cool, yo. Let's write that down, fam. Let's write that down. All right. So from Shaquez, he asked, I'm most curious about how you guys assess each risk and choose the best timing to buy and sell. Also, the risk versus reward that accompanies trading. 
Okay, so the way, the best way I assess risk is, remember, I want to do two to one, right? Mm-hmm. So I make two for every one. I don't want to risk three to make one because then that's, that's, that's not me making any type of money. So I want to make sure that I risk three. I mean, I want to, I'm going to risk one to make two. So that's, that's one. As far as the risk, what was it? The, last, the latter part of the question? The last part was um, how do you assess the risk versus reward that accompanies trading? Well, so if, if I'm taking like, question, I guess if you, I guess it sounds like he's asking, like, has there, has there been a moment that the risk was more than the reward? I, I guess is what he's asking. Oh, okay. Basically. So I try not to, but of course you're going to get into situations where it is. You just want to make sure you take the best from it because you could be up, but let's say if you're down in the play, you got to know, am I going to keep losing or am I going to just cut it? So when I tell people, you are not married to these stocks, my stocks work for me. I don't work for them. So that means that if, if you have a bad employee, what you're doing, you're cutting them. What Discover did to me? They cut me. They was like, no, you're out of here. So I told them, I tell my stocks, you're out of here. I got to make sure that I'm, it's best possible, best profitable for me. So if I'm losing money in it, I cut it. That's it. I'm not about to keep enduring the loss and, and keep losing, losing, losing. When hoping it's going to turn around, like you said, blind faith. If I'm seeing that this is not working, I cut it. And to make sure I don't get into that type of predicament, most times I do my research. I look at stocks, look at the catalyst, look at things that's going on with it trying to make sure I'm, I'm assessing the risk as much as possible. But there's always going to be some type of risk because no matter what you do, stock market is based on other people's inference. So you may be thinking this, and everybody in this room may be thinking that, but 50 other thousand people on the other side of America is thinking something totally different, and they can push the stocks to go the opposite way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this question is from Shania. She really just wants to know the action steps to get started. What actions does it take? Let's say somebody gets off this call and tomorrow they want to start investing. What, what action steps should they, should they take to get started? Well, first you want to do, you want to download your broker. I suggest Robinhood for beginners. Get you a brokerage app, go through the process, download it. Then you want to, well, or make sure you have a friend that has it or me, and then they can get you a free stock for downloading it. Then you want to get your knowledge right. You want to make sure you understand stocks before you buy them. So whatever due diligence that you have to do for that, that's upon you. Go learn it. You can take my class. You can take classes, other people's classes. You can go on YouTube. You can read some books, whichever way you prefer. Then after that, you want to read on, just, once you know about how the stock market works, you want to actually find the stock that you want to purchase. Then once you find the stock you want to purchase, it's, you got, well, before you purchase it, you want to make sure you want to know what you're going to do with the stock. Is it going to be a long-term, short-term? Is it going to be a leap? You're going to do options. What do you plan to do with it? And then after you do that, you make your first purchase and then it's lit. After that, it's on. All right. And then what would be the approach if, you know, if we want to maybe go through through you to help us with that stuff and, and kind of jumpstart the, the trial and error? Okay. Um, so you can contact me on Instagram, Facebook, whichever you prefer. I don't have a Twitter, but whatever you prefer. And if it's cool with you, I can give a discount. But for the, for the clients that have been through this podcast, if, that, if that's cool with you, absolutely man that's the way that you're helping out i'll make sure i send you all the participants so you know who who's true and who who ain't true <laughs> okay well, yeah that's a good idea right so um my class would be 500 dollars. so have if anybody was in here who took my class before you know it's a little healthier than that um the class is around an hour and a half to two hours hopefully if you take longer then we take longer that's cool um then i would assist you with everything you need to know about the stock market then you have the right to either join my stock group after that which is if we take the class, it's $75 per month. If we don't take the class, it's $150 per month. Some people may say, well, $150, what am I getting with that? You're getting all the plays that I do, everything that I do every, on a day. 
I just told you somebody today made 2,500 in three minutes. You can, you can, you can go figure with that. You can pay for the whole year next year with that. Um, so yeah, and also you get access to me. So you can ask me questions. Anything like that. Once you take the stock class though, I have open door policy. Once you take the stock class, you can ask me questions anytime. I'm never going to tell you no. Now, if you ask me something I already taught you, I'm going to ask you, did you look up this, this, and that first? And you say yes, and you still don't understand it, then I'm help you. If you say no, I'm going to tell you do that first and then come back. Because I do have a lot of clients over like 100. So I make sure that I actually I taught my stock class to over 300 people already. So that's, that's, that's a lot of people that can be asking questions. And I just started, I just started teaching the classes in October of last, of last year. Actually, this made my one, October 1st was my one year. So um, it's been a lot of people since then. So yeah, you can do that. Also, if you just feel before you, if you're a little skeptical or you want to have some questions, you can also hit me up as well on Instagram. Mostly I use Instagram at Wavy West, W-A-V-Y-W-E-S-T. And you can hit me up and ask me about the class, find out what the class offer, what comes with it, things like that too. Appreciate you sharing that, Wes. And um, next question is from Raya. She asked, um, when to get in and out of trades? When, like, how can, I guess, I mean, I think we even talked about this. Resistance is kind of like resistance and support. Are those kind of like your identifiers or is there something that we're missing? Well, it's a little more, it's a little more to it too, right? So, of course, resistance and support. That's when you know you, you want to get in that support and try to hit resistance. But sometimes with the stock is not support, what if it's just in the middle? So that's when you have to know, that's when you have to have a plan. That's why a plan is important. Because if I say I want to get 10% from this trade, if it goes to 9%, I'm okay with that because I said 10. That's, that's, that's almost there. If I say I want to get 60% from this trade and it's only at 9%, I may want to hold it a little more. But again, you're not married to the stocks. So if the stock is goes from 9% and you're down 3% and you see you back averaging at zero, get out. Because it's not, it didn't go your way. You have to understand things don't always go the way you predicted it. If that was the case, we'd all be rich. But it doesn't work like that. So you, you want to make sure that you know when you want to get out, when you want to get in. Support and resistance is a, is a key indicator. And if the stock is not going your way, get out. Also, if you see more upside to the stock, don't just get out. Let it go. There's plenty of times I'm like, you know, I'm going to get 30% from this. And I got 200%, 300%. Like the other day, I got 1,100% on the, on the play. I'm like, damn. I was only trying. I was really gonna try to get 100. I got 1100. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that. But I, and that's honestly that's what come with letting, letting having faith, and letting do it, letting it run its course. Because to be honest, I went about my day, and I checked the market. I'm like, let me check the market. I went and bought some groceries. I was cooking and stuff. Let me check the market. I'm like, oh, I'm up 11 percent, 100 percent. That was up 1100 percent. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I, who knows how much good came? But then that course would not be greedy. Cut that real quick. Take my 100%. Got out of here. And, and, and y'all don't, you know, don't don't mistake me, you know, making these assumptions. Like I'm I'm not up there with Wes yet, so you know I'm making these assumptions so I can get him to elaborate more. That's that, that's not you know that's not me acting like I know the sauce, but I don't know the sauce, man. He give me all the real sauce. But uh, great feedback, Wes. Marquia asked, um, what do you feel is like the best option to take when doing options or the best method or best strategy when taking the options approach? Um, so options, you want to make sure that you, again, two for one. If it's not worth, if it's not going to make you some money, don't get into it because you're going to want to lose the money. If I'm only going to make $10 from this, ultimately, then why am I even doing this? Right. And especially if I'm not risking $50 to make $10. That don't make sense to me. Another approach you want to do, this is actually a good question. Another approach you want to do is you want to make sure that you have some type of catalyst, some type of something that's going to make the stock move because there's nothing worse than losing your money through theta. Theta is time decay, which is high level stock stuff. But so remember, you have the strike price and expiration price. 
But Theta says, well, every day you have this, every day you hold these contracts, you're losing money from it. Because you can't just sit around and just hope and wait. Okay, well, one day it's gonna go there. No, 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 no. They're not the stock market like, not gonna let you do that. So you're losing money every time you hold the contract. It may not be that much, you may lose 10%, 10, I mean 10 cent, 20 cent a day, 30 cent a day. You want to check the data. So it may be rather it may be better for you to take 9%, 10% and cut it, but try to hold it to 20% and you lose money anyway through data because your data kicked in and now you you lost more money. You made 20%, but you lost more money than taking the nine or 10%. So I want to look at my data. I want to look at the price action. I want to look at and make sure that there's something that's going to actually make the stock move. All good feedback. All good feedback. Um, next question from Diamonds. She asked, are there any secure um, industries or companies that, that we should look into and, and invest in? Yes. So ETFs is a good one. ETFs exchange traded funds. They don't usually run up that much. They're real calm. They're real collective. They don't. They don't. They don't really do too much. But the thing about them is when they weather the storm. So when the stock market crashed, you were saying it was only down two percent, three percent. Everybody else was down 30 percent. You know, if you if you lost fifteen percent, think about it, you lost fifteen percent of all your money. You go crazy. You be like, well, what's going on? So the stock only went down two three percent. You like, oh, I, I dealt with that. I'm like, those are great. Also, Apple and Microsoft. So the two stocks that don't really go down. They yeah, they they got they go down, of course, but they don't really get hit hard where you're like, oh my God, I might lose my money. You can honestly put all your money in Apple or Microsoft and go about your go about your day and not have to ever worry. The return on, I think over the last five years, Apple had 990 something percent return. Tesla had 17,000 percent return over five years, something like that. Some crazy, it's a astronomical number. These are stocks that you don't have to really worry about. You just put your money in and go about your business. Now, the thing with those with options is, since they don't really move, you can't really get that much money off them. You have to buy a lot of contracts. A lot of contracts cost you a lot of money. So if you want stocks that's going to, that's going to weather the storm, now Microsoft is a mover, though. Microsoft will be moving. But it don't go down, really. It, it's a great stock that stays in its place. Apple goes up here and there, but you don't have to worry about losing no money with Apple, neither. If you want to lose something, you might lose the most 5%, if that. Like I told you, 139 is a good place for Apple. I can't remember last time it was at 139. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, you know, with the the the, the power power plays like Apple and, and Tesla, they not they not necessarily good for options, but good for long term. Well, some people who specialize in Apple and stuff and, and, and Tesla to do that. So you have to get good with those to know how they how they work. Mm-hmm. Tesla is a good one for options because Tesla moves. Now Tesla is a it's a volatile stock. It goes up and down a lot. But the reason why I said Tesla don't really go down is because if you hold long term, you ain't going to know it went down. Because every year, Tesla's been going up and up and up. You got 17,000% return. You ain't going to know that. <laughs> it went down. Because by the end of the year, it's going to go right back up. Now, Apple and Microsoft are the two that you don't really have too much to worry about. Microsoft, Apple, and ETFs. Some is like Vanguard, VOO, QQQ. These are ETFs that you can um, invest in. You'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. Well, we, we got time for three more questions. Uh, and I see three questions right here on, on my screen. So um, this one is from this is from Janae. Actually, she asked uh, for you to kind of go more into depth on, you know, d- explaining what dividends are. Mm, dividends is a, is a great asset to it, right? So dividends is when a company pays you for actually having the company. Which I know sounds unbelievable, right? But yes, you're an investor. As an investor, you one thing, if, we, if we're going to talk about being millionaires, we need to have our mindset right, right? Mindset says they should be paying me. I'm investing in y'all. Y'all should be paying me. 
that in the remember you asked me about my favorite words i said they owe me that's what i'm talking about dividends mm. they owe me that means it's time to collect our dividends so dividends is when they can pay you most companies pay dividends every three months which is every quarter so they pay dividends and they give you a percentage of how much the stock is worth right so a good thing to do is buy you some dividend funds and let it sit up there don't get me wrong it takes a while to get the more shares you have the more you can get but i give you a freebie main m-a-i-n that's the ticket code for it main street capital i think it's main street capital investments or main street capital something but that stock pay dividends once a month so it ain't no every three months you get it once a month now you do what you want to do with that <laughs> you take that how you want to take that but yes dividends are a great asset tool um most of my stocks I like to look for that's one of the first things i'm looking for when i'm purchasing stocks do they pay dividends because i need some free money free money is my favorite form of money mm-hmm. free money is a good form of money yes yeah <laughs> uh, yeah coolio so cliff got another question for us and it's um it's how many contracts did you buy with Apple when you seen it was going to jump? So today I bought, well, I didn't even, to, to be honest with you, I didn't buy Apple contracts today because Apple would be a little funny sometimes on the, on the option chain. So I bought 60 shares of Apple today. Um, I think I bought it at 144. No, I bought it yesterday, I think, 144 or 142. And now it's at 146 or something like that. So that's a nice little quick $300, $400 from that because I already had some shares well from me as well. But I buy some, sometimes I may buy the stock because if the because if the stock moves funny on the options chain, I'm not dealing with that. That's too much risk for me. So I may just buy the stock. And the thing about buying the stock, if it goes down, you don't lose money until you actually sell it. So I bought like 60 shares for that cash. And I didn't even cash it out yet because I believe Apple stores gonna run up some more. So that's why I didn't cash it out yet. But I made probably like three, four hundred dollars from them off, off that one thing today. Off that one, that's the thing about catalyst. You know something's gonna go, you know something may push the stock up, the catalyst to help it run. Go ahead and go get you some. I'm going to get mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And here goes um, one more question from Madeira as well. She asks, what makes you determine long-term versus short-term? When to use a certain company for a long-term investment or when to use them for a short-term investment? So a long-term investment means that I'm not looking at this company. I'm not worried about it. It's going to do what it's going to do. And I know I'm going to make profit from it. So those companies have to be companies that will stand the time. They have to be companies that I know have been growth they have to have some type of growth term they also have to be a company i know that don't go through too much turmoil because if you go to a company that's getting sued every day a company that's getting these type of bad reports on it they're not being they're not meeting earnings they're not meeting expectations it's a lot going on that's not really a long-term hold for me that's a get in and get out long-term hold i give you five apple microsoft tesla nvidia affirm those right there are my five now they don't change like they, it's not like I'm going to do this podcast a year from later. I'm going to give you the same five because those are my five. They don't change. The reason why they don't change is because they're long-term holds. They, when they're long-term holds, I don't have to look at it. I don't know how much I made from Tesla. I don't know how much I made from a firm because I don't look, I don't even have to look at it because I know it goes up. Those are growth stocks. They, they're going to take their time. They're going to go up. Oh, one more to AMD. AMD is a, is a banger, a good one. But those stocks, I'm not really worried about because I know they're going to go up. Now, short-term holds the stocks that I'm getting in, I'm getting out. Day trading, I may do options on them. Um, I, I, they may not be that long because I know that they have a they volatile like AMC. AMC could be up today, down tomorrow. Up today, down tomorrow. BlackBerry, another one. BlackBerry slapped today. Mm. BlackBerry did its thing today. Woo, child. But BlackBerry was like, when you holding the stock, it was like $9 for almost seven, eight months. I have a close friend of mine. I told him to get BlackBerry. It was, it, he bought it at the high. 
And then he was holding it to this day to, to finally be able to sell it because he finally hit the price. But other than that, those are quick, those are quick money grabbers. GameStop, you get in at the low, but sell at the high, get out. Blackberry went crazy today. <laughs> Man, it sounds like Blackberry. And, and it's like that's when you know that you 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 got the 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 inside scoop on certain things and you doing your research because I know half of us probably on here was like Blackberry who would have thought you was going to invest in Blackberry. So it's like, damn, man, you gotta, you gotta get with the guru, get with the guru. Last question before we move on Wes. And this question is anonymous. It says, um, how do you feel about paying off earnings? Like, do you buy into earnings reports or do you kind of just leave that for the birds? So earnings reports are a lot of, so in my stock group, when I say lotto, that means that it's a toss, a flip. You may hit, you may not. I don't buy usually earning plays. Reason why I only buy, I like to buy sure things. There's nothing sure in the stock market. We know that. But I like to buy things that's almost sure. Netflix is almost sure. They they came up with a show that sold the most ever. Why would they not be earnings? Mm-hmm. Deal with with Walmart to sell the clothing there. Why would they, why would they not? Be earnings. Netflix also just up up their subscriber, I think, two to two to like twenty thousand more people. Why would they not be earnings? Those are things, those are as we talk about Catalyst, those are things that's gonna show it. Okay, this stock is gonna move. But other than that, I don't usually play earnings because I looked at it like right before this podcast, I looked at it and now it went up straight nineteen dollars. Now it's down, it's only up four dollars. So even though I did all that, it can still go back down because people may say, Oh, well, I want to sell it. Because I made my money. So earnings are a flip toss. It's not always a hit. It's a, it's a hit or miss. You could get lucky. Like, for example, Netflix went crazy today, but people may sell it and before I can even take profit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest doing it unless you know for sure. Like, something, unless you got something that you shouldn't, like some info, information, or you're just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to risk it. Because today I bought a stock that had earnings tomorrow or well, pre-market. And right now I'm down in it because I know, uh, it, I don't think it's going to be earnings. And don't be earnings, usually the stock goes down. It usually be earnings for some reason. I don't know what's going on with them today, but hopefully in the morning we wake up to some money. So I'm praying on that one. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm throwing in a prayer for you, brother. I'm throwing in a prayer for you, man. All right. So appreciate all the questions that have been asked and I appreciate all the answers that you gave Wes. Um, my last question for you is, you know, I like to ask this question in every single interview that we have, uh, especially for season three, as this is the theme uh, of this year, uh, self-love, you know, how would you define self-love and, and what that means to you? Well, self-love, that's a good question, right? So self-love is knowing and believing in yourself no matter what against all obstacles. Also, I believe in time, at times you need to put yourself first. You need to know when you have to buckle up and handle your own business. You need to know when you need to overextend yourself sometimes because some people may need help. But also knowing when you need to sit back and relax and gather yourself. Um, self-love, to me personally, means I get what I want. As far as if I want something, I achieve it. If I want new clothes, I want a new phone, something like that, I go get it. Why? Because I deserve it. I know I'm a king. I know vice versa, some woman. I mean women, you know your queens. I know that I deserve the best. So therefore I'm gonna do what it takes for me to get the best. Self-love is also knowing that you are you are who you really think who you think you are. So therefore, like we say, if you think you're a millionaire, you'll be a millionaire. If you don't believe you're a millionaire, then you will never achieve it. It has to be measurable, it has to be attainable. And it has to also you have to see it first. So self-love is also, I would say, reclaiming the fact that you're a king and queen and you deserve the best for yourself and you should do everything possible. Go get it. Absolutely. Go get it. Thinking you shall receive. 
Um, man, one of one of the greatest books that I've read, Think and Grow Rich, man. I, that, that's definitely a you know a big book that you know gave me those tools and understanding. Like, think it, and you will get it. You know, you got to continuously put that out into the universe. So, Wes, I appreciate you for dropping the bangers that you dropped so far, uh, and and will continue to drop to those who will be checking in and, and you know following up with you to you know to get with some of those plays that you drop in. Um, now I want to use this space for you to you know plug yourself in, tell us a little bit more about where we can find you. You know, any special projects you got coming up, any exciting news that you have to share, now's the time and space to do so. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, first of all. Secondly, um, you can find me on all platforms at wait, well, not all platforms, on Instagram at Wavy West, W-A-V-Y-W-E-S-T. Um, my Facebook is my name, Weston Hip, W-E-S-T-O-N. Last name Hip, H-I-P-P. That's two P's. That's the name of my foundation as well. And the name of my company, Hip Financials. Um, the Instagram page is currently down right now. It's getting revamped, so you can look out for that as well. Um, if you have any questions about stocks, cryptocurrency, I know we can touch more on that. Um, credit, credit repair. Uh, I have a credit class as well, the specialized class. So basically, you'll tell me, oh, well, I'm trying to get a house. I'm trying to get a car. I'm trying to get this. I tailor the class to what you need, and I help you get that as far as on the credit side. Um, personal loans, business loans, contact me for that. Um, anything that you need financial-wise, come to Hit Financials, and we'll take care of you. Make sure you get covered. Awesome. Appreciate Hip Five Financials for all the stuff that y'all doing, brother. I really do appreciate you. Like, like I said again, for you know coming on here and being a catalyst to mm-hmm. to the millionaires out there, and of course to the millionaires that are tuned in with us live that will be tuned in on Friday. I gotta give you all a special shout out as well for just tuning in and being part of the number one passion and attraction podcast in the land. Thanks to each and every one of you who tune in. And also I gotta say thanks in advance for, you know, becoming the change agents that y'all are bound to become, especially if you apply some of these principles uh, and the principles of giving back, the principles of investing uh, that Wes has shared with us today. We definitely all gonna be uh, moving in the step in the right direction. Now, shameless plug, if you are, a rental investor, right? And you are looking for some quality deals to find, you know, to add to your portfolio, consider a company like LA True Stay because they'll find rentals in your current buy area and your criteria. They'll go over the numbers for you and with you, negotiate the terms for you on your behalf and get the property contracted. All you pretty much have to do is fund it say, you know, this is what I want. This is the return that I want. And they're going to make it happen. They'll also manage the property for you and guarantee to fill vacancy in 30 days or less. And even if the property is vacant up to three months, they'll even cover that vacancy up front as well for you. So consider LA True Stay. For more information, just leave us a voice note in the show notes below, or you can inquire about more information uh, at LA True Stay on Instagram. I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard it from Weston Hip, aka Wavy West, on the ABCs of investing and risk management. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum, and drive results so that you can live abundantly. My name is Kai Speaks, and we are out. Hey, guys. So thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course, the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, 
We are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace.